When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone, As here with another video for Fantasy Football Scouts. Uh, tonight I have been looking at promoted teams and how they've got on uh, both in their kind of promotion uh, campaign in the championship and then how that's translated to uh, Premier League um, form as well. So it's a bit of a, a few blasts from down memory lane. Some of these teams, some of these players, uh, I've done some research into kind of how many points they got, how many goals they scored um, in both the Championship and the Premier League. And at the end of the video, I've got some predictions on how I think the top players will do from those sides uh, and from the uh, teams as well and how, how I reckon um, they'll get on. Uh, there's loads of stuff on Fantasy Scout. Go check out Neil's article. He's doing uh, you know great, great stuff on Bournemouth. Um, I think there's one on Fulham as well. I'm just waiting for the Nottingham Forest one. Um, and if you check out Red Lightning's article as well, that's where a lot of the stats that I've got from this video are. So head over to Scout, type in the search bar, Promoted or Bournemouth or, or Fulham, and you can read even more in detail uh, than what I'm going into um, here. Uh, so on the screen here, I've just basically selected a sample of, of teams um, that, that did really well when they got promoted. And generally speaking, as we'll kind of come to in a bit, promoted teams do okay in, in the Premier League. Uh, I think there's a, a 58% uh, survival rate um, over the last kind of 10 years. Uh, and, you know, some teams have gone on to to do really, really well. We've, you've had uh, teams like Leeds last season finishing, you know, well, well inside the top, sorry, the season before last, finishing well inside the top 10 um, in 2021. Uh, teams like Wolves um, as well, sort of pushing for that kind of uh, European uh, place and, and getting it in the end. Um, and then, you know, teams like Sheffield United and, and Newcastle coming up and, and having great options for us in the likes of Lundstrom and, and uh, Andy Carroll, if you can remember that far back. So these are kind of some of the, the top teams. So we have a look at uh, Newcastle and Blackpool in the 2010-11 uh, season. Um, and I've, I've, what I've done is I've looked at goals uh, in the Championship uh, and then goals in the Premier League and then done the same for goals conceded uh, as well. And what you'll notice is, unsurprisingly, there's a huge drop-off. Uh, Newcastle, for example, got 90 goals uh, in the Championship in 2010-11 uh, and then got 56 uh, in their Premier League uh, season. Um, if you look at someone like Blackpool, uh, 74 goals, 55 goals um, scored when they made up to the Premier League and Leeds 77 to 62. Wolves, a big drop off, 82 goals scored in the Championship, dropped down to 47, which kind of is one of the lower ones um, on this list, but then had that amazing campaign uh, where they finished kind of right up um, the table. Uh, Blackpool here, the only team that, that got relegated, but I'd still class them as a success that season, particularly with Charlie Adam you know, getting sort of 190 points or whatever it was that season, if you can if you can remember him before his move to to Liverpool and, and Stoke. Uh, he, was, he was a great option for us at, at Blackpool. Looking at the goals conceded, you can see 
you know, every team here pretty much uh, concedes more goals than in the Premier League than the Championship. Unsurprising. Um, it's interesting though, like some of these more successful teams, the, the difference between them is quite a lot lower. So Wolves, for example, conceded 39 in the Championship, 46 uh, in the Premier League when they got promoted. Um, Leeds, uh, 35 um, in the Championship, up to 54. Uh, Sheffield United, really interesting one. They actually conceded less goals in the Premier League uh, than they did in the Championship. They conceded 41 in the Championship, 39 um, in the in the Premier League. And if you look at the goals, as I mentioned, they scored 78 and in the Championship, and then they scored 38 when they got promoted. So there was clearly this like big, you know, shift in in how they wanted to approach games, and they became a bit of a one nil. Uh, team, so watch out for that. You know, it doesn't always mean that a free-scoring team uh, in the championship is going to come up and necessarily try and play that way because it doesn't always work. So Fulham, for example, they scored over 100 goals in the league, broke loads of records. Are we going to see them playing that kind of massively gung-ho uh, football again next season? And, and you know, they're bound to concede more goals if they do that. They might be a, a bit of a tweak, and you know, expecting Mitrovic to to get 40 plus goals is is probably uh, not going to happen. I think if it did, it would be uh, a miracle. So yeah, I just I find this 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 stuff interesting. Um, these kind of drop offs. We're going to touch more on these kind of in the video um, as we go. Uh, if we're looking at some of the players um, here, I've mentioned uh, a couple of these already. So Charlie Adam, uh, he got 190 points, 192 points when he came up with with Blackpool. That's a points per game of 5.5, which <clears throat> you know is is close to a 200 point season. I think he was five million or 5.5 million, something like that. Ridiculously cheap. He was just in everyone's side. Um, yeah, just a great pick. Uh, Bamford, he's done the best of, of any promoted player um, that's, that's come up from the championship. Uh, he had a less points per game uh, than Charlie Adam, which is 5.1, but managed 194 points. So again, approaching that um, approaching that 200-point uh, mark. What's interesting with these is we've also got Ricky Lambert there, 187 points in 2012-13, and Charlie Austin, 176 in 2014-15. And these are all strikers, right? We've got three out of four of the, of the top ones here um, as strikers. So, you know, there's we're pinning our hopes on the like of Solanke and, and Mitrovic and stuff. And, you know, previously they have been the players that have done well. But given the landscape of FPL is changing and people are moving more of their money into defence and, and into midfield, um, and you know it's, it's going to be harder, to, I think, to, to pinpoint those 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 strikers that are really going to score us huge points and get the closer two hundred point mark. No one was expecting Bamford to get anywhere near two hundred points um, in that season, so I'd be interested to see whether uh, you know Mitrovic he's the one that kind of carries the hopes. I think uh, going forward, um, other notable player here is is of course Stuart Dallas. 171 points uh, he got playing out of position. So you've got to watch out for those out of position uh, players. I haven't got Lundstrom in, in here, um, but he scored kind of, uh, I think got 140 points, something like that, uh, when he was a 4 million defender playing in midfield. So again, if we can find some bargains, depending on where FPL classifies players like Johnson, for example, if he's a mid or a striker, uh, these are the ones that can kind of really, um, you know, do well for us. Genuinely speaking though, promoted players, they don't do amazingly well. I think you're, you're, you're doing really well if your promoted striker gets you kind of around 120 points, something like that, 130 points. Um, if your players, you know, are coming in and out of your side, that's fine. But if you're relying on like a long-term hold of one player who's going to get you more likely around 100 points, then they might be, you know, not not the best value. So finding a player like like a Dallas or an Austin or a Lambert is is amazing if it happens. Um, but you know, I think it's it's always tricky to to find those players. Um, you know, going into the season from the promoted sides. And there's value to be had if you can, but you've also got to have a degree of uh, caution that, you know, these, these promoted sides might struggle <clears throat> as they go up into the league. 
Um, that takes me on nicely actually to the fail players. Uh, so these are players who I think a lot of us pinned a lot of hopes in uh, when they came up from the from the championship. Uh, Adele Tarrapt, I remember him so well, one of my favourite players to watch. Um, he came up in 2010-11, in uh, played in the 2011-12 season, uh, off the back of 19 goals. He was so like unplayable at times in, in the championship. He's absolutely amazing. Two goals uh, in, the, in the Premier League. Uh, Glenn Murray, Brighton legend. Uh, he got 30 goals in the championship uh, and then couldn't replicate that. Just one goal uh, in his in his season after that. Sam Vokes, 20 goals in 2010-11. Came up with Burnley. Uh, no goals, ended up going off on loan. Uh, Jordan Rhodes as well. He was so prolific in the, in the championship. 16 goals uh, in the 2015-16 season. Then when he's up in the Premier League, uh, he gets zero goals uh, again. And here we go. Here's Mitrovic. So Mitrovic had three, has played three seasons in the in the Premier League. Uh, he's got ten goals uh, twice, or twenty goals over those two those two uh, seasons. And then his third season, he had a big fallout with with Scott Parker. Uh, he got twenty six goals the season before and only managed three. So you know, I think we're all looking at, at Mitrovic and thinking he could be the the kind of the budget striker of, of choice if he comes in around six six point five. Um, he has. He has a temper on him. He has a te- he has you know he has fallen out with managers before. Um, he has proved that he can do it in the Premier League. You know, getting ten goals is is not easy. Um, but also, I do wonder if the style of play is going to change and whether we're, we're going to see him um, you know really kind of unlocked in the way that he was in the Championship. So for me, I think he's going to be a bit of a wait and see. Um, but if he does come in at, at six million, then I don't think there's going to be too many better attackers that we can partner with your Haaland and your and your Salah. Things like that. So he, he's going to be a really interesting one this season. Um, and yeah, I'm sure he's going to feature in, in a lot of teams um, going forward. So this is some of the keynotes from Red Lightning's uh, article on site. Some really interesting things here. Uh, looking at the sort of 2010 to uh, 22 uh, seasons like we've been doing before. Uh, 16 of the last 34 top scoring players in the championship uh, managed 10 goals or more in the Premier League uh, in their next season. So these are the highest scoring players in the championship, the ones who got the most goals. Um, only around half of those managed to get 10 goals uh, in, in the Premier League next season. I think 10 goals is kind of the benchmark really for where you kind of the minimum of where you want your your main striker to be if you, if you play with one. Uh Tony, for example, got 12 goals and something like six assists and he managed around 139 points. So if your striker's getting you 10 goals and, and nothing else, you're probably looking at around, what, 120 points um, for him. But you, you add in a couple of assists and suddenly, you, you know, a player for, you know, maybe even 5.5 or, or six who gets you 10 goals and some assists is, is actually pretty decent value. Um, but only half of the players actually manage it. Um, looking at the 34 um top scoring players uh, who averaged 20 goals in the championship, uh, they only managed 8.2 in the Premier League. So you can basically expect a drop off of around 50%, um, which, you know, I think we, we saw last season um, with uh, with uh, someone like Timu Puki. Obviously, it was a lot more um, for him. We're going to have a Mitrovic there with, off the back of 41 goals. I seriously doubt he's going to get you 20 goals. We're going to see a much bigger drop-off um, for him. Um, but someone like Bamford, for example, I mean, he managed, what, 30 goals um, for Leeds and then got and then got 17. Um, so, yeah, I think this is this tends to be pretty pretty consistent, I think, unless the player is, is going absolutely crazy. Solanke is an interesting one, for example. He got 29 goals. And if he, he's, had a, he's had one season in the Premier League and, and been an absolute sort of fail. Um, so, you know, if he gets anywhere close to 15 goals, then I think that'd be an amazing return um, for him. Uh, Charlie Austin and Bamford, um, they're the only two players in this sort of 12-year uh, window who have managed to score more goals in the Premier League than they did in the Championship. So if you're looking at strikers or looking at players um, who... 
you know, might have not got too many goals in the championship last season, it's very, very unlikely that they're going to go on and score more goals um, than they did last season. So I think this kind of learning is, is quite important to, to bear in mind. Um, looking at the teams now, so teams in the championship who scored 92 points or more, um, you've got a 70% um, survival rate. Uh, two of the three teams that, that got more than 92 points and got relegated was Norwich. So you've excluding them you've got kind of a a good backing that if you get over 92 points then you've got a very good chance of, of staying up you're a really strong side and you know probably stronger than, than a lot of sides already in the premier league um fewer than 92 points uh it drops but it's still around four it's around 54 percent 14 of 26 uh, survived uh, what this means for the three promoted teams last season uh, fulham got 90 points so just shy of that kind of magic if we're calling it that 92 uh, points but not far off um, at all so you've got to think just based purely off the previous stats their chance of survival are around 60 65 um, percent which you know i'm sure uh <laughs> silver would, would take and um, bite your hand off for that um at the moment um i think we are going to see a fulham side that that really give it a go uh, next year i think we they've come up before and they've tried to change their whole team they haven't backed the players that have got them into that position and I don't think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see some clever business from them. Um, and I think they're going, to, they're going to have a real shot of staying up. Of the three teams, I think Fulham have got the best chance um, of, of being able to <coughs> cement their status. Uh, I went even more um, digging. So there's a lot of numbers and stuff on the screen um, at the moment. But what I did here was I just looked at the, the promoted teams um, across the last five uh, seasons and then looked at how they perform um, in the Premier League uh, when they when they come up. Um, it's quite interesting just purely looking at teams that have been relegated over the last five seasons. Uh, in 1718, Newcastle, Brighton, Huddersfield came up. They all managed to stay up um, as well. Uh, next year, uh, Wolves, Cardiff and Fulham came up. Wolves obviously had that, that brilliant season. Uh, Cardiff and Fulham uh, both fell to relegation. Season after that, you had Norwich, Sheffield United and Villa. Uh, you had Norwich going down, of course, and Sheffield United and, and Aston Villa uh, staying up. So already we've got like Wolves and Villa, um, Newcastle, Brighton. These are all teams that have, have stayed in the Premier League, you know, since since they kind of were promoted. So, you know, Sheffield United went kind of straight back down. Um, so did, you know, Cardiff, Fulham went down, but now they're, they're back up again. Um, looking at the uh, 2021, you had Leeds, West Brom and Fulham. It West Brom and Fulham both going down, Leeds staying up uh, and then staying up again uh, last season. Uh, and then last season, uh, Norwich and Watford uh, came first and second. Brentford came up through the playoffs and it was Norwich and Watford um, that got relegated. So you either see kind of, you know, two teams going down or the teams tend to do uh, quite well. Obviously, it depends on the strength of the of the opposition in the league at the moment. I think we've got a very, very uh, strong league going forward. So I think we've got three really interesting teams um, coming up. Bournemouth, the more kind of defensive side. Um, Fulham are the, the real attackers. And then Forest are just, just a wild card, really. I mean, who are they going to sign? They're, they've lost their goalkeeper. They've lost loads of players on low. They might be losing Jed, Jed Spence. It's going to be a hell of a, a, a story if they can manage to, manage to stay up. Um, but it's a hell of a story anyway, because they were bottom when their manager took over the championship and he's... And he's uh, kept them in. Um, so yeah, you, I've left this on the screen. You can just you can just have a look through that if you want. Um, and if you look at the differences, uh, you can really see the the big differences between the Championship and the and the Premier League here. Um, so I'll, I'll focus on the averages. So typically, uh, any team that comes up from the Championship um, and and is in the Premier League, they get forty four less points than they got in the Championship compared to the Premier League. Um, they score thirty two less goals on average, or at least they did over these five seasons, um, and they concede 15 more goals uh, than, than they went up. And there's some kind of, you know, big um, 
big anomalies um, here. I mean, look at Norwich, for example, you know, 73 uh, points less um, and, and relegated comfortably in 1920. Uh, they scored 67 less goals than they did um, in the championship. Which is which is pretty crazy, um, and then again in twenty one twenty two you've got Norwich seventy five points and fifty two goals less than they scored. You know, and you've got teams here, uh, you know, like Watford, Norwich, um, even teams like Fulham, Cardiff, who are, who are conceding you know thirty plus goals more than they conceded in, in the Championship. So it just really kind of shows the the level the level up. Um, the teams that tend to do well here are teams like Newcastle, who only conceded seven more goals in the Premier League compared to the the. the um, the championship, Huddersfield, they conceded the same amount. Uh, they're the only team that kind of conceded the same amount. Um, uh, Villa, for example, they got six. Um, they only conceded six more uh, in 1920. And then you've got you know, the likes of Fulham Leeds. So I think you know what you what you see is is this kind of focus on on teams trying to um, tighten up. Um, a little bit. There's no teams here that have anywhere near as many goals scored in the Premier League as they did in the in the Championship. I think the best team here is Leeds in 2021, who managed 15 goals less in the Premier League than they scored in the Championship. The next best is then Watford, who managed 29 um, less in the Premier League than the Championship. So you really can't expect these these promoted teams to be scoring anywhere near as many goals um, as they did. And it's going to be the successful teams that manage to tighten up. I think they're going to have the best shot of, of staying in the league, which I think is something that we kind of already knew and what we think teams are going to aspire to. But it's always nice to see them borne out um, in this kind of uh, in this kind of way. Uh, so I've gone ahead and put some um, predictions uh, together based on this kind of research. Uh, if we're looking at the averages of teams in, in the previous position, so this is first, second and, and coming through the playoffs um, over the last five seasons, uh, it's uh, looking at something like Fulham getting 41 points, probably being safe. And with that, scoring 39 goals, conceding around 61. So conceding, you know, almost two goals, 1.5 goals a game, something like that. So, you know, again, a team's target. Uh, Bournemouth, you're looking at 35 points, might be enough. Probably not, isn't normally. Um, 35 goals uh, and 63 goals conceded. And then Forest, which is interesting because they've got, I've got them at 34 points, actually scoring more goals than Bournemouth. The playoff, the teams coming through the playoff actually score slightly higher in terms of goals than, than the, the team coming in second. And then 63 goals conceded. So really not a lot in it between second and third, which is why I think Fulham have got the best chance of, of staying up. My final screen here just shows the predictions for players, the three main ones coming up, which is Mitrovic, Slanky and Johnson, for the three promoted teams. Uh, I've based this uh, well, on two things, looking at the stats of, of how the strikers have gotten previously, looking at that kind of 40% mark and then maybe just taking a little bit extra off. Um, I mean, I would expect Mitrovic, based on the previous season he's had and if Fulham stay the same, to get somewhere between 15 and 17 goals, which would be an absolutely amazing return for him. The issue with him I guess is that he's played in the Premier League a few seasons ago he hasn't hit that hype I mean he's got 10 goals or close to 10 goals um, in two seasons in the Premier League I think that the three goal season was a bit of a blip and I think he's going to have a 15 goal target um, in mind as, as kind of the main striker for such an attacking side so I'm not expecting him to get into the kind of 20-25 mark uh, but I think you know 15 goals is, is realistic um, for him uh, Solanke is a really interesting one um, he hasn't delivered in the Premier League uh, before I remember when Bournemouth signed him and he, he just didn't look right but he's coming off the back of a really good season um, for them got 29 goals I put him in around kind of the 10 to 12 goal uh, mark and I think if he comes in at around 5.5 or 6 I think he could represent decent value depending on how Bournemouth um, get on 
And then Brennan Johnson, this is Mark Southern's uh, favourite. We're all waiting for the classification for him. It looks like he might be a forward, though. Um, he got 18 goals in the championship. Uh, I've got him down for somewhere between 8 and 10 goals. I'm sure Mark will say that he thinks he can get a bit more. I'm just a little bit conscious of, of Nottingham Forest and you know the lack of recruitment or the players they've lost so far. Um, be really interesting to see who they bring in over the summer. Uh, if they make some good creative signings and and you know get the creativity for for Johnson, I think he could be someone who gets you know maybe that goes up to ten to twelve goals, something like that. Um, but out of these three options, I think Mitrovic is 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 by far the best the best pick. Uh, nothing kind of groundbreaking there, but. I think if he if he gets somewhere between ten and fifteen goals for six point five million, I think he's going to be in a lot of our teams, um, you know, between now and the end of the season. So yeah, hopefully he doesn't have any run-ins with the manager and he can have a gut kick on and have a have a great season. Just coming on to the final screen before we finish, and that is uh, Fantasy Football Scout membership ahead of next season. I know the season's kind of just finished and we're waiting for the new game to launch and you might not be thinking about uh, all the stats tables and great features that we have um, over at Scout. Um, but it's a great time to actually sign up because you can lock in at last season's prices, the prices are going up a little bit next season. Uh, if you sign up now, um, you lock in that, that cheaper price and that price will continue as many times as you renew. Um, as well so you'll never pay more than what you're paying if you sign up uh, recently uh, we've got a new look the the beta um, area as we about to call it is now completely live and operational Optostats, stats if you're new and you don't know things about um, comparison tables you've got the fixture ticker where you can filter by who's got the best um, fixtures and actually change and edit those based on how who you think is going to do well um, over the fixtures we've got the transfer planner which is going to have a refresh ahead of next season uh, you've got the hall of fame that's updated uh, regularly so you can see kind of how you compare to some of the top managers um, there'll be loads of members articles team reveals um, the rate my team tool which is amazing to help you kind of inform your, your transfers um, and loads of other stuff as well members videos too with mark and, and andy north so if your membership is um, is expiring or has expired, uh, make sure that you head over um, to the site and re-subscribe. Uh, and as I said, you can lock in uh, the cheaper price before it goes up um, ahead of next season. But thank you all for watching and I will see you all soon.